Okay. So for uh, this elective, um, which I was, I was given free reign to share whatever I wanted, I, I just feel to, to address some misbeliefs about the voice of God. I know there's a lot of teaching on the voice of God, but, but I'm hoping that today you might hear some new stuff. You haven't heard it like this before. And, and, and this is the thing I've noticed it doesn't matter how long you've been walking with Jesus. All it takes is for something unprecedented to happen in our life, some curveball, to, to face some challenge that we haven't faced before. And then suddenly it's like we're back to square one. It's like the things that we might have had confidence in when the rug's pulled out from under us. We, we can, enemies always after our confidence. And for those of you who are pastors here today, there might be some things that I share that you can pass on that could help you in discipling people to Jesus and, and this area. As, this is a follow-on really from this, the session I just did. There is no following, there is no discipleship without hearing. And sheep hear. My sheep hear. They're allowed to hear. It's not just ordained sheep. Senior pastor sheep. Moses who goes up the mountain comes down with the Ten Commandments sheep. It's just sheep. Okay, Father, right now I just thank you that your word is alive. And I thank you, Father, for every person here today under the sound of my voice. And I just pray, let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer in this session. That, Lord, you would just let it flow and go, Lord, to where you want it to go. And I just declare an open heaven and open hearts. And uh, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your say in Jesus' name. So let's have a look at what you believe. What do you really, really believe about hearing the voice of God? Not what you think you believe. I'm praying that there's the illumination of the Holy Spirit today. Just to highlight, just to, you know, show us what we really believe. Someone here today might just have an awakening. You might have a rude awakening. <laughs> I didn't realize that's what I really thought. And I love the way the Holy Spirit shines a light on areas that are holding us back. So what you believe is really important when it comes to spiritual stuff. Because your belief, your expectation is key to what you experience. If you remember... Yeah, regularly Jesus, reg, regularly, Jesus would say to people, according to your faith, be it unto you. Be it unto you as you believe. In Matthew 8 and 9, the centurion, the blind men, let it be to you as you have believed. And sometimes we are experiencing something in our walk with God because it is according to what we have believed. And that belief can be subconscious. We don't even realise that's what we really believe. We can give lip service to one thing, but really, we actually believe something else. And so what we believe will determine our experience. And unbelief, doubt, and misbeliefs will be major obstacles. So let's have a look at some common misbeliefs. You ready? I think I've got about half a dozen. So the first misbelief is that it's hard. It's hard to hear from God. Ugh, so hard. 
I know people think like that because of the number of people who chase after me wanting to hear from God. Just so you know, I believe the primary function of the New Testament prophet is like spiritual Sudafed. I'm pseudoephedrine. I come to clear the airways so you can hear more clearly from God for yourself. We're not the same as the Old Testament prophet. I'm actually talking more about this in my elective tomorrow, but I know that many of you won't be here tomorrow. So let me just touch on this. It's so important to understand that the New Testament prophet didn't come into existence until after the ascension of Jesus. Right? Ephesians 4.11. The apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, right? They, uh, after he ascended, he ascended and gave gifts to men. Incidentally, in the Greek, the word anthropos, meaning mankind, people. That's, that scripture was used to justify the ordination of only men when I was um, in my home church in Perth back in the day. And so he ascended, Jesus ascended and gave gifts to men. Not the same beast, not the same animal, the New Testament prophet and the old. So remember the Old Testament prophet, they were the only ones who heard from God. They were God's, they were God's representative on earth. As just as the priest were man's representative to God. But things have changed now in the New Testament. We all can prophesy according to 1 Corinthians 14. And John 10, 27 says we all can hear God's voice. And what's more, we are a kingdom of priests. So the Old Testament prophets and priests were actually a foreshadow of the church. Because we now fulfill that function of reconciling people back to God. Right And, and hearing for, from, from God for, for the world. But what we do, the New Testament prophet, we activate the gifts, the re- revelation. We clear the airways, right? So we can see clearly. We, we release some stuff, not just what we say. So and I, I release words from God as much as anyone. But the thing is, it's not that we're just dispensing information. It's not like, oh, God's written a letter and here we go. We're passing it on to you. No, it's the power in those words. It's not what we say. It's what God does with what we say. Well, I mean, it is what we say as well. But the whole objective is to empower you, empower you, empower you. Right? Equip, equip, equip. I get worried about New Testament prophets functioning too much like the Old Testament prophet because we are not the same, not, 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 not the same animal. Okay, there you go. That was just a little bit of a diversion. So this misbelief that it's hard to know his will. Oh, I want to know the will of God. I need to know his will. And so I've already established in the last session that sheep hear. Right. Not maybe, not potentially, not perhaps, right? Not just if you're a good sheep, you've read your Bible in a whole year, sheep, you fasted and prayed for 40 days, sheep, been a Bible college sheep. It's just sheep. It's, 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 it's not, it's actually not about who you are, it's about whose you are. Right. That's what qualifies you. And, and at that, and, and, at that moment that you gave your life to Jesus, right, you qualified as sheep. But you're following, you are following the shepherd. So what I love about John 10, 27 is that it deals with the idea of disqualification. That, that oh, it's only those people who hear. Because it's, it's the most inclusive kind of language. Just Jesus said, my sheep. And so it deals with this idea that, 
well, they can, but I can't. Well, I can't because of what I've done. Even, even bad sheep hear the voice of God. Disobedient sheep. Oh, it, it, this, is, this is so incredible. Religious spirits hate this teaching. Can't cope. Because it's not based on what we do. It's based on what he has done for us. And it's not an added extra to our salvation. So people think, okay, I'm saved, going to heaven. And now, and now I've got to do all these other things to deserve all the other stuff. No, it's all included. It's all a part of the salvation package. And so in areas where we feel inadequate, you know, we're not holy enough, not good enough, not spiritual enough. Oh, I stuffed up, you know, like now it's like it's, it's, it's hard. I'm not enough. Can I just, for the record, no one is enough. You're not enough? You say, oh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Correct. <laughs> oh, I'm not holy enough. Correct. Oh, I'm not good enough. Correct. There is nothing that any one of us can do to deserve any of this. And, and, and the, the gift, the privilege of hearing from God. I remember... When I was a new Christian, there was a song, the greatest thing in all my life is loving you. They were really cool songs back then. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. I want to know you more. Like we'd go through, the, 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 you know, and then is serving you. I would sing, the greatest thing in all my life is hearing you. So I think this is wild. That we can, we can hear from God. And sometimes people say to me, Vicky, what's your keys? You know, what are the keys to you getting to where you've been? And I think simply for me is that I've learned what it is to receive the grace of God activated by faith. Simple. If he said you can hear from God, I'm like, okay, I believe it. And I believe for some of you, some of you here today, that, that there'll be a fresh revelation that it's not hard. God's, it's hard because God's voice is going to travel a long way, right? So some people think it's, you know, it's hard because of who they are, but sometimes people think it's hard because of who he is up there. And they pray and pray to hear the will of God. Oh, I want to hear God's voice. I need to know your will. I need, I need direction. I need wisdom. And then they're down here expecting it's going to travel through the hemispheres, the stratospheres, like light, light years away. So the voice of God is distant. And that song, from a distance, didn't do us any favours. I flip and hate that song, just for the record. From a distance. Da, 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 da. He is not from a distance. He is so up close and personal. He is more close to you than, than your best friend, than your spouse, than because he is on the inside of you. Let's get an idea that the voice of God is not coming from outer space, it's coming from inner space. Oh, mamma mia, I love that. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians 6.17, I'll say it again. He who joins himself or herself to the Lord is one spirit with God. Is one spirit. The miracle of salvation 
Is God in you? So it's a misbelief to think that God's voice is coming from a long way away. It's really a revealing of what you already know. His voice doesn't travel from afar, so it doesn't get lost on the way. It's one spirit with God. Some people think it's hard because his voice is easy to miss because it's still and small, right? The voice of God is still and small. So, yeah, because Elijah, right, experienced the still small voice of God. Let me just say this. That was the experience of one depressed prophet in a cave. And we've turned it into doctrine. There are multiple scriptures in the Word of God that talks about the God shout. The God shout. His voice thunders. His voice breaks the cedars of Lebanon. God can whisper and God can shout and God can all volumes in between. And I myself have experienced the God shout. And I found that at key junctures of my life, when I've had to make important decisions, God has graced me with some shouts. As I shared earlier today, I'm a Perth girl originally. And in 1992, I went to Brisbane for five months to do a prophetic training school, just for my own personal development. I uh, took leave without pay for my job. My background is in HR, human resource management training and development, and I took uh, leave without pay, fully expecting to come back to Perth, to my family, my home church, everything I knew and loved. And at the end of that five months course, got the ducks of the course, incidentally, just saying, and at the end of, of that time, when I was playing within days, days before I was to fly back to Perth. In fact, I was so confident I was going back to Perth and to my job. I started giving away what little money I had left from the five months. I actually sewed a house deposit I had been saving back then uh, into, into that season. It had supported me and, I, and, and what little I had left, I started sewing and giving away because I was going back to work. When the Lord, with only days to go, I was walking the waterfront of the Redcliffe Peninsula and it never entered my head when I heard a God shout. It was so loud. Physically, I started to stagger. Like it, 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 I remember holding my head and it was this, I don't want you to go back to Perth. I, I, th- I, th- I thought, what? Don't, don't tell me that God gives you heaps of notice, negotiates. You know, yeah, there are things that like were a long time coming for me. I had the prophecy, I warfared, you know, I stood on the word. Had, had, you know, a, a vision of what was to come decades before. But then some things just creep up and smack you up the side of the head. And God says, here it is, right here, right now. And my calling was like that. I thought, what, what do you want me to stay in Brisbane for? I didn't even like Brisbane. And I was from a church where everyone got on and it was really lovely. We're like a big family. And I actually thought people didn't like me in this church. Because I was a new kid on the block and I seemed to have favour and I was getting promoted and, and, I'm, and I'm like, oh, great, this course is finished. Let me out of here. I go back to Perth where I'm loved. And the Lord's, all it was, and you know what? That voice came and it was just as a knowing. 
It was just as a knowing. I can't tell you that it, it, it was sentences. It wasn't a vision. It was just suddenly I knew something I didn't know before. And that's the voice of God. There was another time when I went at the end of that course and my father prophet, he said to me, you're called to be a prophet. And I argued with him. I don't want this. This is going to make life even more hard for me than it already is. Like, no. He said, you need to go away and hear from God for yourself. And that time, it was another shout. But this was like the Bible fell open, Jeremiah 1. And that I was called to be a prophet to the nations. It jumped off the page, smacked me up the side of the head. And from that moment, I knew that I knew that I knew. And over the years, that has been challenged. I had someone uh, very highly respected in Australia, pastor of a very large church, say to me, at that point I was already probably been in full-time ministry about seven years. I'd been set, a, set aside as a prophet and was already ministering, certainly nationally. And he said to me, called me in, he said, you're not a prophet, you're not a pastor, you're not a leader. And you bring nothing to the house. Now, at that moment, I had numerous reactions to each statement. Clearly was having a bad day, right? (laughs) You're not a prophet? I nearly laughed. It did not affect me in the slightest. Actually, Pastor Trent, the Lord just showed me right then that there are ones They have said, they will say, and they're going to say, you're not this, you're not that, and you're not the other. But the Lord says, son, you've heard my voice. You know in your bones who you are. And like the apostles of old, like those who heard my voice in the book of Acts, says the Lord. He said, you are going to run like the Olympic runner with my torch, with my flame. And I will take you, says the Lord, to the north, the south, the east, the west, not just of this nation, but to the nations of the world. You will go and you will also be heard over the airways. You will speak digitally. Many, many ways and means, says the Lord. But from it all will be from a conviction of who you are and who you're not. The Lord has been sharpening you like a pencil. He says, for you are sharpened not by what's added, but by what's removed. And just like the pencil, the shavings, the shavings, there has been a shaving away in order to reveal the point. The point. Some will say to you, what is the point? Some will say to you, what is the point? But you're going to know from conviction because you have heard in your bones who you are and who you're not. I hear the release. I just saw the doors flinging open, the doors flinging wide. I see you in the starting blocks and you're hearing, bang, the starting gun going off. And you are running Run, run with joy, says the Lord. Let joy be your hallmark. Don't have an expectation that's going to be hard. You say this is going to come with ease. I'm going to do this with the ease of the Holy Spirit. And you will be provided for. You will, don't fear, says the Lord, about your children. Don't fear about where it shall come from. For there will be favour, favour, favour. And healings and miracles and deliverance is going to follow you 
everywhere you go. And one puts a thousand of light, two ten thousand. For it shall not just be you, says the Lord, but your wife shall come alongside. And your children will be in tow. That there will be a family, a family, a family called to the purpose of God, to the purpose of His kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. You'll not be able to be locked in or assigned just to one specific area, one specific church, one specific uh, even movement for your breadth will be wide, it will be long. The wings, you felt like the eagle in the budgie's cage, but the Lord says He is opening up the door. The prison doors are opening wide. You're going to know the full stretch, the full wingspan to soar and to be all He's called you to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Where was I? Drink to that. I think we've gone over. Have I gone over? What time do we? What time do we finish? I, I don't even. I don't even know. I don't even know. So God knows how to shout. Have an expectation that it's not hard because He only whispers. God knows what volume you need. He wants you to be in His will even more than you do. Amen. There's a misbelief. I'll go through the next ones really quickly. There's a misbelief that it's just for really spiritual Christians. It's just for really spiritual. I think I've hit that one enough, right? Jesus died on the cross for us all. You see, your spirit is like a mobile phone. Actually, someone give me a mobile phone. Shannon, give me your mobile phone. Here we go. Your spirit is like this, right? This is the receiver. This is the receiver. Your spirit is the receiver. I can receive all sorts of communication in all sorts of different ways, right? Voice, vision, emails, all sorts of downloads onto this. Now, your spirit is this. So it's not based on your, on your brain, which is good news for some of us. It's not based on our IQ. Praise God. Praise God. Hey. It's because of your redeemed spirit. I remember actually church I was in in Brisbane. There was one particular lady in fair income. Her brain had been so fried from heavy drug use over the years. It was really hard communicating with her. But my gosh, get her in a prayer meeting. She started to prophesy. It was the clearest she ever was. It was nuts. And it was like, yay, that redeemed spirit. And so, and this is the good news. So I pay Telstra, a telco in Australia, an arm and a leg. I'm on there eternal, never-ending, you can talk forever, do everything forever plan, and right? But this is the good news. We don't have to pay the price to be on Jesus' network. He's paid the price. And I believe in praying and fasting. Big believer in praying and fasting. Big believer in prayer, reading your word. But none of those things actually make you more deserving of spiritual stuff. That, that, that deals, that, that's about building our intimacy and relationship with God and, and, and bringing the, the flesh under subjection. That stuff doesn't make you more deserving. Um, young rooster, second row on the end. What's your name? Zach? Zach? Zach. Nick. Sorry, it's the key word, Nick. Nick. <laughs> I break condemnation off you, Nick, in Jesus' name. You are no less worthy, no less deserving than anybody else. And I just saw a phone on the inside of you. You know when you put it on the vibration mode, so you're not actually hearing anything. You're you're just feeling it, right? Sometimes I have it on on, on the vibrate. It gives me a shock. I scream "Ah!" because I just vibrate. 
And so you are hearing the voice of God, but this word hearing does us a big disservice because hearing in English, right? You can have your phone, your phone back, Shannon. Hearing in English is something literally that's, that's received by the ear, comes out of the mouth, received in the ear. But in the Greek, the word P-H-O-N-E, phone, it's much broader, much broader. It's, 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 it's like disclosure. So there's all sorts of different communications. Some of you are going to get set free right now because you're, you're, you're straining to hear sentences. You think that's the only way to Because some people do talk like that. You know, like they're on the, they're on the, on the phone to Jesus and, oh, the Lord said to me, and then he said, and then I was talking to the Lord and he just, and we think, my gosh, what? You think you're a second class citizen. But that, he warns you, don't go there. Or this is an opportunity. There's an opportunity. I'm seeing an opportunity in, in, for your personal development, Nick, in, in terms of training you, in training you, I see like, an, uh, like being apprenticed to somebody and I can see the hand of the Lord on your head, right there, right on your head. And it is for you, not against you. If God be for you, who can be against you? And, and you're going to learn. Hebrews 5.14 says, Solid food is for the mature, who through reason of use have learned to distinguish the difference between good and evil. And so, what that scripture means, Hebrews 5.14, and this is for everyone right now, is that we learn to tell the difference between what's God and what's not through practice. You've got to learn on the job. You're going to learn. Don't wait. You have a bit of a perfectionism thing, Nick. You, you can, you know, and, and, and you know what? Perfectionism isn't a fruit of the Spirit. So I break its power right now in Jesus' name. God would much rather you make a mistake in faith than hold back in fear. Because it's faith that pleases Him, Right? And so some of you are hearing the voice of God without realising you're hearing it. Even when I say that, I wish there was another word. Because again, hearing for us in English, it's all about the ears. But remember, it's our spirit and our spirit receives, downloads, like your phone, pictures. You know, receives just, just a feeling. Do you know that feeling? Like where you just sort of like maybe you lose your peace. Suddenly your peace is like that's the voice of God. Right? Or maybe, and joy. Have you ever met somebody for the first time? And like, it's like, oh, you, it's like, I call it like the babies are jumping, like Elizabeth and Mary, you know? I remember the first time I saw Pastor Phil Pringle preaching. Back, back, this is in the late 1980s. And back in those days, Pentecostal churches were still very, very, very religious. And like, I, I used to feel a bit like the square peg in the round hole. And, but I just loved the presence of God. So I kept going. And, and Pastor Phil turned up one day to one of the local churches. And, and, and I went to hear him and it was like, oh my gosh. And this guy wasn't wearing a tie. And he had like long blonde, so he looked like a surfy and, and he was being cheeky. And he, I mean, he was grabbing other pastors' legs and trying to pull them off the chair. And, and there was something that was so anti-religion. So anti-religion, bring it back. So anti-religion. But it was powerful. And it was like, I felt like it was Mary and Elizabeth, like, like, like oh my gosh, deep calls unto deep. That was the voice of God. Little did I know there would come a day, decades later, that I'd actually be serving under him. It was the voice of God. Sometimes we don't even recognize God's voice when, 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 when he speaks. It comes in so many different ways. Some of you are seers. Like you get pictures. You know, some of you get full, full like avatar. Like you just, you know, you get 3D sense around sound. 
it's just, you know, it, but not all of us. If I get a picture, it, it tends to be really quick. Even some of the most significant words I've had. I had, tell me, that, is that, keep going? Oh, someone waved me down. How, how long have I got? Oh, okay. <laughs> in, 20, in 2017, I, I had a vision. Now, up until that point, I would have said I'm not a seer. I'm like a, 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 a bubble-up prophet. Like kind of what happened to me just then um, over Pastor Trent. It's like, um, it wouldn't be great if we stopped calling each other pastor when we're not, right? Totally. Yeah, I, I, said, I, I said to Shannon, don't call me pastor. Call me auntie if you want to call me anything, you know, because I'm... It, yeah, <laughs> I, love, I love, what's it, in Maori, it's a fire, fire? Yeah, but so, I'm on fire, fire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, where was I? I've, I've forgotten. Where was I? No, 2017, it was in a nanosecond, and it was of Jesus with a Rubik's Cube. And he went... <laughs> And, and he, this Rubik's Cube went so fast. It was a blur of motion. And then when he f- finished, I realised he actually had messed it up. He didn't solve it like we know. You know, to get the whole, all the colours in. And then he still wasn't happy. And he went, eh, eh. And it wasn't even a cube anymore. And he put it in and goes, that's better. I went, what's that? And the Lord said, it's my church. There's a new wineskin coming. Ask my people, are they willing to relinquish control? I started to preach. Now that, which to, to this day, like I'm still getting revelation on the Rubik's Cube church, like almost, like it's still there. It's still alive. That word happened. It was so quick. I nearly missed it. And so... Don't think that to, to hear from God in vision that it's got to it, it's it's got to be kind of like you know this full technicolor 3D sense around sound kind of experience. I've had open visions, only 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 a few. Open vision is when you actually see it with your natural eyes. I I was um, preaching in a church once, and and I turned around and I saw. With my natural eyes, a, a spirit in the corner of the church, and she almost touched the. She was she was like an old. She was angry, and and she was like an old school teacher. Um, like I mean, from she had a long dress. She had a long dress on grey that was pulled back severely, and she was and and like and she was angry, and 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 I and it was like this this Jezebel spirit of, you know, legalism and control. And I made the mistake. <laughs> I called it out publicly. Oh my gosh, did we go to hell and back following, following that experience? But it turned out that in that particular church, it turned out the pastor had been abusing the sheep. He'd actually been sexually abusing women in the church. And it wasn't long after that that they all got, got exposed. But I, I can count on one, one hand the number of times I have had like an open vision. I remember once I was, I, I was being a silly young Christian and I went out on a date with a guy who wasn't a Christian. And you know, I thought I was going to get him saved, you know. And uh, 
He was actually quite a bit older than me. So it was very, very, a very dumb thing to do. And I'm there at the dinner table with him. And in that moment, his face turned into a goat's head. Like, I'm a, I'm a new Christian, right? I got out of that restaurant like you. I, I just, I, 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 sorry. Sorry, i got to go. What? what, what? Sorry, I've I got to go. Like, that was it. Chung, chung, never... But that is so rare, so rare, those sort of things. The voice of God, more often than not, is like a, a knowing. Just a thought, scripture, a scripture. You know, the voice of God comes directly and indirectly. So there's, there's things that, that it, no one else is involved. It's just been the thought. Now, I don't believe every, every time we get a thought from God, that we have to go and take it to someone else to get it judged or whatever to see if it's the will of God. Time is coming. We don't have time for that. I've been, I've been reading about Ananias. Remember the one who went and prayed for Saul of Tarsus? Right? Lord said to me last week, where are my Ananiases? Consider Ananias. If you have a look at Ananias and what he did in, in getting a direction from God, he wasn't in church leadership, he wasn't a pastor of a church or anything. And he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit who told him to go to, to the home of Simon the Tanner. Go down the street called Straight. Gave him all these directions. Specific, I want you to pray for Saul of Tarsus. Pray. Tell him how much he's going to suffer for me. Tell him about the call of God. I mean, you read the story of Ananias. This guy, he just, oh, he went with fear and trembling, but he went, prophesied. Delivered, healed, conducted a baptism service, he, he baptized Saul of Tarsus, and then he introduced him to the rest of the church in Damascus. And so he got this revelation. Now, something like that, right? Now we've got to go through all these hoops. Oh, I can't do that. Baptism services. They're the fifth Sunday of the, you know, of the second month of the, the, a time is coming. God's releasing the saints for the work of the ministry. God's releasing the saints. So some things, okay, that's a very extreme example, but I I believe the time is coming. I I, I had a friend who was baptizing people during COVID lockdowns and it wasn't really, you know, wasn't that well received. We've got to ask ourselves. What's with that? Right? He did all that stuff and then brought, brought Saul of Tarsus, who became known as the Apostle Paul. Then he brought him into the fold, but he got him, led him to the Lord, baptized in the Holy Ghost, delivered of his deception, everything. Baptized? I know this is a bit extreme, but I believe that extreme times call for extreme measures. And I believe that what God is going to be doing in this new era is going to be an activation and a mobilization of the people of God like never before. And us, the fivefold ministry, our job is not going to be to kind of like try and squeeze square pegs into round holes, but it's going to be a return to the intrinsic, a return to what has God placed in each individual person. And what is God's vision for that person? Right? No, but just trying to, you know, it's, the doors are flinging open. I had another vision of the church going boom on its side. Boom. And then, boom, the roof came off. And people ran out of the church. like It was like a shipping container. 
Churches were never meant to be containers. And people were running and they were running into the fields and they were so excited and so free. There are new ways and new means coming. There's new, mo- I don't even like the word model. I don't even want to use it. Some pastor's here today and you're waiting for a new model. What's the new model? Of, you know there's a new era. You know there's a new wineskin. You know God's doing a new thing. But you're then going, what, what's, what model is this? You're waiting for somebody else to do something. So then you can follow it. It's not going to be, this is a season of revelation, says the Lord. That which God is doing is revelatory. And it's going to be contextual. Every pastor here today, I'd love you to stand. Every pastor here, everyone who is in church leadership in a particular church, not just this one, maybe you've come, you've You've come from afar. Right now, I'd love you to lift your hands to heaven because there is a new spirit of revelation coming on you because that which God is doing is revelatory. It's contextual. That, that He's going to give you strategy and, and vision and special insight into how to reach your territory, reach your area, fulfill your individual God-given assignment. And you're not, going to have, you're not going to wait for someone else to have done it, for the book, for the T-shirt for the, you know, the, 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 the mega church preacher on tour. No, it's going to be what God has implanted in you, what He is telling you to do. I speak a restoration right now of the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of you. I speak right now confidence, confidence, confidence. Jeremy, it's going to be unique. You won't be able to compare it with anybody else. And, and God is going to give you step by step, step by step. It's going to be, this is the way, walk ye in it. I've never seen it done like that before, Lord. Exactly. Behold, I do a new thing. Will you not be aware of it? You haven't been called here, says the Lord, to do what other people have done before. You're going to be meeting a particular niche. You're going to be meeting a particular need. And I see, I'm reminded of the prodigals, the prodigals. And they're not in the father's house, right? They're not in the father's house or in the pig pen. But the Lord says, there is a group of people, and I prophesy this over other pastors here. God says, do not forget the people in the middle. Do not forget the people in the middle. There are people, says the Lord, who are not in my house, but they're not in the pig pen. People, and they love me, says the Lord. They love me, but they're not coming back to the house as it is. They're waiting for what will be. And I'm seeing those people in the middle, Jeremy. There are people and they, be, they, and, and, and they love God. They do love Jesus, but they've been hurt or they're disillusioned and they're over the institution. But Lord says that which you build will be all embracing, will be all encompassing and you won't be using people as a means to an end, you'll be placing value on each one, each family. There'll be families and there'll be, there'll be a domino effect. A domino effect. Well, family will touch family, will touch family. Whole families coming and being a part of the community, the community that you're going you, to, and, and I'm even reluctant to say build because God says he's the master builder. He's the master builder. You will labour with grace. Not, not I that labours, but the grace that was within me that labours. I prophesy that over every pastor here right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Rightio. So 
misbelief that God's voice is like a human voice. I just touched on that. Because God speaks in all these different ways. Gee, I've stuck to, I've stuck to notes without even realizing it. This is amazing. <laughs> Live with your spiritual antenna up. Live expectant that God wants to speak. Not that it's like getting blood out of a stone. Some people think like, oh, it's so hard. You know, like, and like we've got to twist God's arm. Uh, sweetie, a few rows back, you're in the middle there. I don't know. What's on your, your, your toe? We? What's, what's, what's it say? Something Q-U. Q. What's your name? You got, you, you, what's on your T-shirt? Yeah. The glasses. Revolution. All I could see was uh, the U and I thought it was some university or something. What's your name? Tamron. Tamron. He's going to give you everything you need to fulfill the, the call of God on your life. I see you working with young people. I see you working with youth. I see you doing stuff with even with troubled youth, with, um, with, with ones that are from broken families and really dysfunctional. And, and, I, and I just see you making an impact, significant impact for the Lord, for the kingdom of God in the community. You're like Queen Esther, called to the kingdom for such a time as this. And, and, and areas that people shy away from, you like Joan of Arc, you're going to ride in there on, 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 your, on your horse and, and, and you're going to declare truth and righteousness. And what's more, it's not just with the, the, the young people. I see you, you facilitating teams. There's a leadership gift on your life and you're going to facilitate teams, right, to reach uh, to reach families, it's families. It's all about the the restoration of the family, says the Lord. But I see often it will be the young person, the young person that will be the catalyst. Actually, written, and I see homes that have been full of violence and homes that have been just you know it's like impossible. But what's impossible with man is possible with God. And I see God's going to give you very clear. It's a new, a new way, a new strategy, a new blueprint. And, and, it, and, it, and it's, going to, it's, going, it's going to come with ease. He's not reluctant. He's not reluctant. I'm not saying that at times there aren't spiritual forces, right, that come to try and hinder. You know, that happened with Daniel. Spirits come to try and hinder something getting through. But it's never God who's reluctant. Have an expectation that it... It's going to be easy. People said to you, it's, it's going to be hard. That's hard. That's a hard area. You're going to go there? Gee, that's a hard area. But have an expectation that the ease of the Lord is going to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ease comes with ease. Nearly finish. Oh, I think I have. <laughs> I think I have. There we go. Let me pray for you all. Let's stand right now. I was going to leave time for questions, but I'm sorry. I filled in all the space. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. By the way, I'm going to do a plug for my website, Instagram account. Get on there if you want to follow me. During um, COVID, I went through my own kind of Rubik's Cube sort of thing. And among other things, I do one-on-one sessions online. I do clarity sessions and I do mentoring sessions. So have a look on there. See if that's something that could help you. So right now, let's lift our hands to heaven. Father, I thank you. I thank you 
for every single person here, Lord. We are your sheep and we hear your voice. I thank you, Lord, right now. I just see some of you taking a deep breath and it's like, oh, it's not hard. It's not meant to be hard. It's It's not meant to be hard. He is more willing to speak than you are to listen. And I thank you, Father. You are the good shepherd. You're good at your job. Remember, the shepherd's job is to lead. Sheep were never meant to be having to chase down the shepherd, saying, lead the way, lead the way. It's actually the shepherd's job to come, smack us up the side of the head and said, this is the way. Walk you in it. Oh, Father, right now I thank you for a release of faith in the shepherd. (laughs) Faith in the shepherd. Faith in the shepherd. My brother there in the red puffer jacket, what's your name? Jean, faith in the shepherd, in the area of business, faith in, in the shepherd, in the area of finances, faith in, in, faith in the shepherd. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't, he's, he's not led you, left you alone. He's, he's not leaving you as the sheep to, to be orphaned and walk around and say, what, I don't know what to do. No, no, no. He is leading you beside green pastures, still waters. He's, but he's restoring your soul in Jesus' name. Father, I just speak your blessing over each one. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Give the Lord a great hand of praise. Amen, amen.